0: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and in these episodes, we focus on one of two things. We'll either be sharing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from a Flip My Funnel event, or you'll hear Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss how they're getting better in a specific functional area of Terminus's business. And remember, like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go.
1: I think the speakers of this session had to pay me money to be here. Actually, it's a joke, but that's that's fine. They like Todd and Derek. So, as most of you know, I'm like also the co-founder of Terminus. And one of the things we wanted to share is like, well, how are we doing our own things? A lot of people have asked us, like, hey, do you guys are seeing success? Are you seeing failures? Or are, are there lessons that you need to have? Like, what's going on with your organization? So I'm like, you know what? The head of sales and head of marketing at Terminus can share this themselves. So come on, whoever's the taller gets to run first. So go for it, Todd and Derek. Run, Fred, look at that, how cordial you are. Give them a round of applause to bring you on stage. After you, sir. All Here
2: right. You're yeah.
1: the marketing guy gets the... The marketing guy money. gets control. Wow. <laughs> awesome. For now. For now. All right. Well, I guess it... What is it? Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. Glad to be with you. As uh, Sanger mentioned, we're Todd and Derek. This is the Todd and Derek Show. My name is Derek Slayton. I run, um, I run marketing at Terminus. I've been with the company for, actually, we're coming up on a year now, and I've been in B2B software for a couple decades, spent a fair amount of time in sales and marketing technology, and um, have increasingly just been focused in my career on how can marketing be more aligned with sales, how can we be focused on accounts that matter versus driving volume of leads, and when the opportunity came last year to jump in at an account-based marketing company, it just felt serendipitous, frankly, so I'm excited to be here with Todd Kind of sharing with you guys how we look at our addressable market how we think about our ideal customer profile and some of the struggles that we have experienced personally Solved for partially with staying aligned on the accounts we choose to go after as a front half of the business sales and marketing team so that's a little bit about me this guy's far more interesting Uh, i don't know about that one
2: so (laughs) todd mccormick uh cro i've been with the company now going on uh, three years Prior to joining in you know, Terminus on this, on this movement, I was fortunate to work in the B2B space in marketing at, at Silverpop. And at the time, we were trying to solve for you know, a challenge you know, at that time, which is how do we drive more demand into a sales organization? And, and through the five years there, got to experience all the greatness with that and then all the pain. And the pain is ultimately what led me to Terminus and you know, how do we um, take a different approach how do we truly align as an organization? Everyone talks about sales and marketing alignment, but I think it's broader than that. Everyone continues to leave out CS as part of that, uh, that equation. A good point. Um, and frankly, finance, because we wouldn't be successful if we didn't go in there together. And you know, get the proper investment that we needed to make this uh, a reality. So we're excited to share. I mean, like, I think like everyone in the in the room, albeit that you know we're at the forefront of, the, of this industry. Um, Sangram's written multiple books that we've um, been forced to read. No I'm kidding, they're fantastic. All of us struggle, right? Like you think you've optimized, and there's always more to do. And so you know, hopefully we can share some things that you know that we learned along the way, both on the positive and things and pitfalls pitfalls to avoid. So. So yeah, so let's jump into some of the challenges.
1: And I'll cover a couple of these. Todd will cover some some of the others. You know, we we see this time and time again. The challenge, one of the challenges with maintaining alignment around where we're going is, you know, in marketing, we think about being super nimble and micro segments and programmatic. And we're going to go after these customers for this reason, for this explicit purpose. Whereas sales looks at these are, this is my territory. This is my set of accounts. How can I make sure that we're affecting the needle across all the ways that, you know. frankly, I can, I can get to my number. And so balancing broad-based targeting with micro segments and also figuring out how you're going to scale to feed all of the mouths because we do look at it in that way. We can't be choosy about that while still being responsive to the market or some of the data signals we're seeing in the market uh, that may be more hyper-focused on certain segments which help certain sales channels more than others. And uh, those are two of the challenges that I certainly experience daily on kind of this alignment, uh, alignment journey with, uh, with our sales teams.
2: Yeah. And I think uh, for the marketers in the room, who thinks that sales are very opinionated when it comes to which accounts you guys should be helping us get in? <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's a... <laughs> what? <laughs> Damn. are no,
1: Okay. I love um, your
2: opinions. But... <laughs> You're going to face this, right? Like, you know, your enterprise reps want the biggest, greatest logos out there, right? Your your mid-market reps want you to, you know, to go after, you know, their entire territory, and and I think that you know sellers still have this mindset that that marketing has an unlimited budget that can cover your entire you know total addressable market and you know within that there there comes challenges and i think that you know you've you've got to find ways to align on on you know the the targeting approach and your execution around that the other is you know as a sales leader it's tough too i mean you've there's You've been trained so long that there's a volume play to execution and you've got like SDRs and AEs that have these target account lists and they know that like they still have to do some work on accounts that might not have the right marketing programs on them. And so, you know, with an ABM approach, you're trying to get them focus on a smaller subset of accounts. But if you take an SDR that had 250 accounts down to 50 accounts, they're like, I can't hit my number. You know, and, and they, they feel paralyzed, you know, and so this, this kind of tug of war that you have between quality and quantity, you know, is, is a struggle for a lot of organizations. And, you know, we, we try and meet, you know, if not once a week, twice a week around our programs to, to hopefully solve for, you know, some of the pitfalls that you can run into. Um,
1: yeah, but. because it, cause it all kind of comes down to that question on the bottom of the slide, too, which is really who owns account targeting in the company, and I think on a given day both of us do in different in different percentages and it changes based on on what's happening. Would anybody disagree with that? Did, 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 raise your hand if you think marketing owns account targeting. Let's try that. Yeah. And what if you think sales owns account targeting? Yeah, found my sales. How people. about both? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. All right, we're good. You guys all passed. No, no. <laughs> okay, so how do you use data to tighten focus and, you know, I think there's there's kind of increasing levels of sophistication or complexity as to how you might use data within your target account market to identify real hotspots. The more obvious ones, the more basic ones, are kind of the firmographics. So, you know, a given size of company, which may determine. Your go-to-market strategy for that for that market segment, you know, obviously industry vertical as it relates to being relevant with messaging, and for many companies it can be technology and use or technographics, whatever your term for that is, to understand where there are companies that show higher propensity versus other other parts of the market across um, across the firm, firmographic piece. Um, that's the basic one. I think we're all probably doing some level of that. More and more folks are are using behavioral data, and by behavioral data, I mean a couple different things. One is first-party data you have about the customers that have purchased your product or the prospects that are engaging with your content in a traceable way on your digital properties or interacting with your sellers in certain ways. Other pieces of intent data, which is behavioral in a different sense, which is what are people doing when they're not engaging with your company around things that are interesting to you, which may identify that they're assessing competitors or looking at technology decisions that then would would make your technology more applicable or just showing search propensity around certain subjects that would be, in your mind, aligned with their intent to be more interested in in what you have to offer. And then the last piece, which is I put a bullet on here because I think we're using it increasingly internally, is kind of other discoverable data that hasn't been structured yet. And so for us, like things like job postings or the number of marketers that we can determine are at a company or marketing roles that have account-based in them are all kind of key indicators. There's no data provider out there that provides that to us in a structured way. So actually, we, we, we work with third parties to go and get that for us, put it into structure, and then put it into our systems. And then lastly... This concept of propensity models. We do some of this at Terminus. We're we're really, for most most purposes, a single product company, so it's less about cross sell, upsell as much as it is around expansion. But I spent a bunch of time. I was at Net Prospects, got acquired by Dun and Bradstreet, and spent three glorious years there. And Dun and Bradstreet's a huge company. We had three different product families. We had about thirty different products, so we ran a lot of kind of propensity modeling analysis of purchase history with firmographic data, with behavioral data to drive numbers of account lists for given either product sales or market penetration activities. And that was done by our data science team that would kick out a list at the end of the
2: exercise. I think one thing that we've been careful about, though, is you look across this, you're like, wow, you have a lot of different models that can start to slice your markets into you know, some the finite groups. But If you don't have the content to support that, then, you know, you can create a bad experience. And so we really focused in on, okay, whether it's verticals, let's make sure that we have all the assets that we need to run a complete play, everything from top of the funnel through, you know, expansion and that. And then we can go forward on, on that. And we're seeing a lot of our customers you know they're just, again trying to boil the ocean and go after you know twelve different verticals, yet they really don't have the content to support that. You know, so you you really need to think about you that know your marketing that. mix before you get going on you know some crazy modeling. Good point. Good point. You know, one thing is we continue to expand our platform and, and a lot of the things that we're doing, it's really based on our customers' feedback and where they're having success, where they'd like to see some things change. And, and frankly, where are their biggest struggles? And and one of the, you know, the, I think the, the biggest challenges for marketing and primarily in marketing ops right now is, okay, so the last slide showed data from all these different systems. But where's the single source the source of truth? Where is that data being, you know? Or where is it, you know, in your organization and can you take action on it? And, you know, we rolled out our account hub, you know, over a year ago. And for me, it was just this moment in which like our customers woke up like for the first time, I have all of this data in one place that I can take action on it. I don't, I don't, I don't need spreadsheets anymore from CRM to MA to the data tools. It's all right there where where we can take action on it. And it provides a lot of power, not just to marketing, but sales. And, And one example I like to share is, You know, I I pulled up our account hub in early Q4 of last year and I looked at all opportunities that our our reps were forecasting. And then I layered on web engagement and intent engagement next to that. And, And then I reverse sorted it and I pulled up all the opportunities with like zero web activity, basically zero engagement with any of our content. So, those of you that are buying something, right? active in a buying process, what's the probability that you're not on that website, not engaging their content at some point through that process? And so it was a real eye-opener for me. We're like, wow. And it wasn't like, shame on you, Brett, for forecasting. I actually went over to Derek and said, okay, look, we've got some great opportunities out here. Let's see what we can do early enough in the quarter to, to see if we can get them leaning in or not. And, and we started to run some plays against it. Engagement scores increases on a portion of those. And we got a better sense of really who was you know, in our pipeline you know, for that quarter. Yeah,
1: it's interesting because it's looking at data not just in what might happen, but what might not happen, and using that as a reverse psychology. Yeah, it's really, really great. powerful stuff. And I think to Todd's point, just look, I've been in marketing for, like I said, a couple decades now. You have great ideas about how you might want to segment the market, but actually being able to go someplace and do it where it pulls in the data that you feel you need to make those you know, slice those, those, those segments up is, is always been a challenge. I think we've, we've tried to solve for it in our hub, but, but it's just a historical problem. I think most marketers would say they've suffered through over late nights and many spreadsheets for years. And just because, um, because we had to pay Sangram to get on stage, but he also was like, you have to show your tech stack. I'm making everybody show their tech stack. This is our tech stack at Terminus. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that we use. This is always the photo slide. So, um, cheese. You know, we definitely use a bunch of different data sources, as Todd mentioned, on the targeting side. Most of it comes into our hub. Bombora is a big one. G2 is a big one. We use some EverString, or some Everstring data for uh, Firmo. We use Sigster for some relationship scores, a good partner of ours. On the Engage side, where we're trying to create some leaning in and relationship there, obviously LinkedIn and Display, we do through Terminus very successfully. But we also do some physical stuff, both email and direct mail with with uh, Sendoso and Marketo, we use Sigster heavily on our, on our sales cadences, SalesLoft to kind of drive those, Vidyard for, you know, direct one-to-one videos, which work really, really well, and everything ends up flowing back into Salesforce at the end of the day. We do track our account-based funnel through, through Terminus, and then we use Salesforce primarily for really all, all our measurement as the system of record. So just quickly, that's our, uh, that's our tech stack. But I really think it's it, it comes down to how do we put this stuff
2: into action and what do we do in terms of how we go to market and using that data yeah, and prior to um, Derek joining, we really had the same approach for all segments, and something that he and I've been you know really laser focused on is you know let's think about how we attack the enterprise market versus our commercial market differently right. you know and and when do we really crank up different programs against that and so the one thing that I had to step back and think about was, you know, we were an account. We had an account-based territory model, so that just meant, you know, of the, you know, thousands of accounts in the enterprise, we were just, you know, carving them out based on when people, you know, came into our organization. We weren't doing it by geo. We weren't doing it by um, industries. And so, you know, we rethought about it because the, the, I think the primary thing that we were thinking about is like, how do we really maximize in-market, in-field events? And associated with all of the other things that we're doing in in other channels, and it was really difficult. You think about coming to Boston, you know, and and it was like, okay, everybody, tell me which prospects and customers, and we had to tell, we had to ask every CSM, every AE. So, you know, one thing just to think about is this, and a big takeaway for me in in our evolution was make sure your territory model aligns with, you know, what you want to do from a marketing perspective, and look where there might be gaps where you can't optimize if, if those things are disconnected. So once we tighten that up, then it was sales and, and SDR alignment. Same thing is a one-to-one pairing in the enterprise for us where they basically own that dirt. You know, so the SDR not only is responsible for their outreach and using sales loft and running that cadence, but now they're part of making in-field events more effective. So they yeah. can do you know, invitations, they can help the dinners, um, you know, the, the other things. And so you can start to maximize your dollars and your resources more effectively in that sort of aligned strategy. We talked about customized content and, and what we're doing there. I mean, we think about, you know, where they are early stage, mid-stage, late stage, you know, educational kind of, you know, ROI, case study stuff based on on the flow there. I mentioned the local events and those things become, you know, I think more and more important. I mean, a lot of people do enjoy coming to the larger events, but, you know, the, the more intimate events, I think, you know, there's a lot more dialogue happening there, a lot less tra- travel and it's easier for people to get to. So we'd nose in. And then I think it's been mentioned a couple of times, but. Early on, for a lot of our customers and us, so this was about an acquisition strategy and how do we create better demand. But pipeline acceleration and pipeline velocity is is um, really exciting for me and my organization, and, and a real opportunity for sales and marketing to, to partner there. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah,
1: on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and you know, on the enterprise fo- uh, focus, the way I the way I look at it is, it's very much almost a sales driven kind of thought process with marketing. You know, Obviously wanting to participate in the strategic decisions, but being more of a you're leading, I'm supporting role, uh, whether that's a field event or customized content or account uh, advertising, whatever it might be. We're really looking at our sales leaders to be the strategic drivers of who are we going after, how are we going after them, how can we be most successful in getting into this account initially and then growing that account uh, over time. In the commercial business, it's much more of a machine. And in many ways, I think not to step on anybody's toes, more marketing-led versus sales-led. Even you know, even at the way that we execute, and I do look at that as being kind of channels of demand. And because those are faster-moving deals, usually a slightly smaller ACV, you know, we look at different channels where we're expecting to get demand from. First and foremost is look the reps own opportunity creation for a certain set of their target accounts. So even though this is a very large account universe, you know, we still focus some of those accounts aligned to some of those reps. So we try to be territory based there where we can, but it's really about giving those reps the responsibility to own breaking into that account. And we support them with some account based plays, but they're driving the bus for their target accounts and they persist. At the same time, we're doing very targeted outbound ABM oriented approach with a business development team that is supporting both digital channels and physical channels, usually very programmatic and a little bit more experimental, nimble. We're going after these 50 accounts for this reason. Here's the sequence we want to drive. Here's the message. Here's the offer. Here's the expectation. So we're churning and burning on those very quickly and hoping to drive a large chunk of our pipeline creation through that mechanism but it kind of disassociates what the reps are doing from what the reps are getting from an outbound approach and separates that BDR from the rep as a uh, as a unit which we have in the enterprise as Todd mentioned and then inbound is um is one that I think comes up a lot a lot of our customers ask us about it some people think of inbound being you know a zero sum game with account based marketing it's not just a get to the close on that one. We still do a lot of content syndication and paid search and site optimization, et cetera, et cetera. We do put a heavy qualification criteria around the folks that show up. Uh, We try to bring expertise early and make a quick call in or out. But inbound is number one, it's not just a good source. It's also usually a very fast moving source for us. And when we're running our outbound more effectively, we see our inbound as i 'm sure many of you do only increase so there 's obviously some symbiotic uh, stuff that goes on there, uh, and again, this is a very kind of large target account list that we 're going after we 're just trying to be a little bit more programmatic and segmented as to how we take down the veins of
2: gold in that in that market from a commercial standpoint. and I would just say on that last point around you know the inbound piece if you 're doing ABM the right way around a target account so I think you heard in the Pramata example. You know, now 70% of their traffic is, you know, basically coming from their from target, target accounts, accounts yep. which is great. But you also have to think about how you're measuring the effectiveness of your programs, because we're still seeing that regardless of an SDR was outbound into this thing, in some of our customers, like they're giving credit to that inbound channel. Yeah. And, you know, in, in our world, we've said, listen, we don't care, you know, where the credit we just want to see, like, what's that flow, right? A mix of, yep. you know, SDRs, a mix of marketing, a mix of field, like, what's that golden path? You know, and and I think we've done it right, and and so well, there's no more conflict between well, who gets credit? It doesn't matter. Like we have a shared goal in regards to demand and outcomes of that demand. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our customers are still struggling with 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 those metrics. Yeah,
1: we were actually talking about that a lot at the um, at the CMO Exchange, which uh, which Andrew mentioned earlier was last night. Uh, Maria Maria Perillo and I were debating with others about the the validity of marketing source pipeline versus sales source pipeline and. Why create a zero-sum game there between where the pipeline came from? but in many cases, people are suffering with that, and they have to get through that. Uh, I think it is a, a tough conversation to try to have. If you cannot have it, it's a much better yeah it's a much better board meeting, frankly. This is just a quick picture of kind of some of how we run our scalable account based go to market with some progression. so heavy display, LinkedIn, kind of air covery stuff at target accounts, personalized content. Lots of nurturing. When we see engagement, we turn on our BDRs to be a little bit more, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but personalized personalized, yep. and then some, some dimensional stuff as needed. But we're running sequences. We're driving personalization as we see people get engaged with us. And we're doing this at scale through a couple different channels within our commercial market. And it also feeds our enterprise market as well. But it's not just about acquisition. Yeah. It's totally and
2: I mentioned this. I think this is where our sales team, you know, really kind of fell in love with our marketing team. You know, albeit again doing some great things on, you know, just getting you know more opportunities in the door, of the right ones. But I'm seeing it where it's just happening naturally now, where an AE will like second stage of their sales process walk over to Derek's team and say, "Hey, you know, here's the situation. Here's their, you know, what they're trying to solve as a business." You know, I want to put together some one-to-one you know campaigns around this a mix of advertising and some direct mail and you know here's some assets we want to do and, and it's just that sort of coordination happening you know on an individual and account basis and, and we've got the model set of the background where that could sound hard for some but you know Tori and his team and they, they can load those up they yep. you know get the ads going and, and rocking and rolling yeah so. and it
1: looks this is kind of what it looks like we, we're driving pipeline velocity progression based Content at accounts that are surfaced by sales, and we use the content changing as the deal progresses through the stages in Salesforce. So, yep. fairly scalable, but definitely a partnership
2: between my demand marketing team and your sales yeah. team. Yeah, and I think you know people are missing out on an opportunity. At some point in your stage, you should start serving ads or in serving content to finance and procurement. Um, it's boded well point. for us. Yep. but think about you know that is a every part now and then the procurement
1: great. gets involved in a deal.
2: Yeah, yeah, every yeah. now they do.
1: All right. Well, now we get to air our dirty laundry. So this is where we talk about what we did wrong, begrudgingly. I'll start. We went actually, we went, we went through probably a month and a half of sideways motion because we didn't really get buy-in on our account list. And I say that with shame in my voice. You can probably hear it. I'm not a very good card player. You know, when I look at some of the stuff we did a couple quarters ago, we were really geeked out on how do we identify the right set of accounts. And we did a bunch of work And then we put a bunch of stuff in process. And then we had salespeople trying to solve for the 1% of the accounts, which were wrong. Instead of, if we'd involved them in the process earlier, we would have understood we're going to get 1% to 3% of this wrong. But we didn't, and therefore we spent too much time talking about the one to three percent. We had salespeople spending time on LinkedIn telling us why it wasn't a good account, which is a terrible use of salesperson's <laughs> time. But in many cases, well, if they we would have right. gotten
2: it right. They wouldn't have to do it right? right. I
1: know exactly. If we would have gotten it right, so that's just you know, even you know, we talk about this all the time. Even at our in our company, we still you know, without doing good work can fall into some of these pitfalls. Additionally, like the volume and capacity is really important. Uh, as Todd mentioned, like giving people too many accounts or too little accounts creates huge problems. And, and in many cases, we have failed on the former versus the latter. And we had a, a, an exercise where we were kind of churning and burning through accounts. And it was far easier for an SDR to draw the next card, as I like to say, versus to play the hand that they had. And so just making sure you focus on the right set of accounts and the right volume for a given person is really critical and have a process for moving an account off a list and moving another account onto that list so you understand when it's happening and why it's happening.
2: Yeah. I mentioned this, but make sure your territory alignment makes it easy for marketing to support you. You know, and that was an area where it took us too long to make that change. Yeah. You know, frankly, and, and there's probably, you know, a lot of waste, um, you know, both in investment and, and, you know, lack of outcome because of that. And then, you know, everyone talks about the sales and marketing meeting, but it is so important for everyone in this room to set that up and, and, and you need to have it on a weekly basis. And, you know, where we are, it's, we're at a point where, you know, if we don't believe that marketing executed, you know, the right way on this, or they said, hey, you didn't follow SLAs, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We're just coming to that meeting and say, look, let's look at last week, Programs we laid out, like where did we have success, where did we miss the mark? Let's understand that so we can adjust and be and be nimble. Yep. And you know, so you know, it's not just about having that meeting because most of them turn into you know the normal session that we all know. This is really around like, all right, here's our agreed upon plan, and let's every week let's just see how we're progressing against that. Yep. And we've been able to adjust and identify gaps and opportunities pretty quickly to optimize.
1: Yeah, and I think actually the, it's the point you said on identify challenges or opportunities quickly that's really important around that. Meeting, you don't solve it in that meeting, but you yep. can you can hear we're struggling with this. Let's get the right people in a room to go solve for this problem far more quickly
2: if you do it on a on a weekly basis. Well, and we don't have the issue with the account list anymore. I mean, it's right. it's a collaborative group, yeah. a mix of SDR leaders, sales leaders, and marketing right. leaders yeah. um, that are part of that now. So, what is this? What happens? Yeah, yeah. the good stuff, right? Good stuff, right? On our coordinated plays, the beauty in this is, as you can see, I mean, we've got um, our close rates are more than double on a well-orchestrated sales and marketing play, all the way from you know, acquisition to pipeline acceleration to close. And our ACVs, you know, against those, are 25% you know, greater. So you know, I think a lot of people talk about measuring cohorts, and you know, I do some yeah. of that, and, and that's, what we, that's what we've done. It's just looked at, okay, so kind of our baseline programs and our well-executed coordinated plays, and I think everybody in here would like a 2x return on that, if you get it right.
1: And I think when, when, when we expand the, the view to our customers, it really, for me, this concept of are you growing, are you efficient with your growth, and is it quality, are really the vectors that, that matter a lot in terms of being successful in the long run. You know, companies that we work with that are doing sales and marketing aligned go-to-market, which I think is synonymous with ABM, right, Sangram? You know, this is what they see, a 23% increase in opportunity creation, quarter over quarter, That's great. This one really spoke to me 92% increase in outbound rep email engagement. So, you know, if you're doubling the ability of your reps to reach their buyer through the channel that is probably the most often used because you're being targeted, I think that 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 will play out very quickly in terms of actual tangible business results. And then quality 69% for a TVO, 69% of their opportunities were created within their target account universe as opposed to you know, any account that showed up at their doorstep. So growth efficiency quality all drives to better outcomes. And if you don't believe us, you can, you can talk to the analysts. This is the stuff they measure. There's a bunch of stuff on here, so I'm not going to go through it all. But we always talk about, you know, less than 1% of, of leads turn into customers, right? And, and the upper left, yeah, upper left for you guys, um, fewer than 2% of companies that actually do this don't see positive results, so, and that's a serious stat that got scraped off in the editing process. So I apologize for that. So, you know, 98% of the time, you're going to see better business results. So why wouldn't you do? And I think that's probably fairly obvious to most, but it really does help drive the right the right metrics in the right direction. Yep. So I think that's our last slide. I know we're ahead of schedule, but we're on time. So it's the other group that we have to deal with. So I think we have a couple of minutes for, uh, for Q&A. You guys can shout them out at us or we can take them off the stage. But thanks for your time. Attendance. I think paying attention seemed that way. We'd love to take your questions up here and um, appreciate you guys spending time with us this afternoon.
0: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.